Two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Ken Dworsnik, Ted Klopp, 101. No, that's not the classroom. That's our episode number, 101. <laughs> Thank you for wearing your Jesu shirt today. I appreciate yes. that. I'm, I'm sporting my Ashton University garb. Okay. I got to tell you this quick story. I got an email from the admissions group. They're having me talk to students. Can you believe that? I am talking what? to prospective students about <laughs> my college experience at Ashland and asking them questions. I think if I would have told anyone that, that I'd be doing that at this point in time, <laughs> they would be just keeling over. Yeah. From passing out. So, well, don't share any episodes of this show with them. No, they, it's we're, we're undercover. We're just indoors, <laughs> Nick from Ashland. So. Yeah. So, uh, a hundred episodes, any, uh, feedback for anybody, uh, of note or just, you know, I mean, I certainly a lot of congratulations, which is, of course, many congratulations, a couple interesting ones. Uh, A few folks will leave their names out. One person said, you're still doing that. (laughs) I got that. Only one. We're still doing that. Yeah. I didn't know you guys made it to a hundred. I thought you were done at 15. Yeah. No, they keep putting our stuff on there. That was a good one. And then multiple people, I will say, many people have listened to probably 65 to 75% of the episodes, which is pretty good. I was surprised to hear that from from extended friends and all that. So no positive feedback. They they love it. Uh, I've gotten a couple messages from people that aren't friends that they basically said they enjoy the podcast, so on and so forth. So what feedback have you got? Um, two middle-aged, what, what is that? Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, just a few congratulations here and there. Nothing, 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 unfortunately, nothing of, of, of note aside from that, but, uh, you know, it's, it's nice. So, and by the way, how about that election? I am glad it's over. Uh, I'm happy to say that all the unopposed candidates that we analyzed in the last episode uh, seem to have uh, gone on to victory. So I think we're good there. And uh, yeah, now we don't have to listen to those ads for a while. That's a lot of ads. Do you get a lot of mail for the election? Did you get a lot for that? I got a lot. Uh, A little bit. I had a, I don't know why, uh, I don't know why she's talking, but I got an Alexa next to me and whatever. Uh, while we are recording here, I uh, had a phone call silence that was a a, a thing for uh, voting. Oh, so, wow. You know, yeah. I'm nice. glad I've trained my phone to uh, eliminate those calls for me. That's nice. <laughs> Appreciate that. Get out and vote. Do your voting. Well, you should have voted. If you're listening to this yeah. podcast, you voted right. already. It's done. So uh, as they did say, vote. As they say, vote early and often. Yes. <laughs> Use a different of, name yeah. if you have to. You know, one of the uh, funniest things I saw on Facebook. I can't remember what was the the movie with the kid that saw the dead people. Oh, geez. Yeah, the, the, I know the, it's M Night Shyamalan. Is okay, the, uh, whatever. Director so that movie. So it's stills from that scene, and the kid says, "I see dead people." And I guess it's Bruce Willis says, what are they doing or what's going on? What are they doing? And the kid says, they're voting by mail. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that's funny. That's really good. 
Oh, all right. Well, uh, what? I just said it was it was really good. Yeah, and I'm I'm mighty excited as well. Yeah, what's going to take place and what we're going to see ad wise for the upcoming elections down the road? Obviously, the, uh, the presidential it's... election coming. That should be that should be yeah. Once again, I'm not speaking parties. I'm just saying in general oh, yeah. what that's going to look like. I've had some interesting conversations with people, and they're looking at both sides. And they're like, "Who's going to be running?" Right. That's that's the part that I think that's, that's most interesting. And what are those that ads that are going to look like? So, because, you know, is Joe Biden going to run? Right. Some in his own party are hoping he won't. He says right. he's going to. Uh, is Donald Trump going to run? All, all, all indications are that he's going to. But he, I don't think he'll be the only Republican in the primary. No. I no. think there's going to be some other people that are going to try to try to go after that. So it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out. And as far, the part that's interesting to me is like when you've had other times of the presidential vote, you had a basic idea. All right, this person's going to run. Yeah. This person's going to run. I There's so much uncertainty, obviously, with many different things, but there's just uncertainty with candidates. I'm interested to see how this whole thing goes, who mm -hmm. comes out and who's going to yeah. run. should be interesting. Well, uh, speaking of those candidates, we do have one of them in our misspeak of the week. I'll let you see if you can figure out who oh, that might be. I'll think about we also that. had a uh, have a record setting amount of applause or at least clapping. That'll be coming your way in our overachiever segment. A lottery winner goes to unique lengths to keep his winnings a secret from his family. And a family that rented a casket for a Halloween party got more than just the casket all that plus forecast roulette memories of a 1950s browns club a conversation with big voice jay all that and more straight ahead and now a woman's perspective how does a man show that he's planning for the future he buys two cases of beer instead of one. This has been A Woman's Perspective. Ted, we're out and about. We're loving it. Cleveland, Ohio area. Went on location, had to go on a work trip, so I can give you an out and about in Dallas, Texas. How does that work for you? <laughs> I look. Uh, you can tell me all you want. So, quick little work trip. When's the last time you've flown? I like to have these discussions. Oh. When's the last time you've taken a plane anywhere? Uh, ten, uh, uh, le uh, ten years ago. Ten years ago. Yeah. Okay. I took I took a flight right before. Well, actually, I remember exactly what it was. I went to Vegas with A when we met her, her mom and her stepdad there. That was the last flight I took, and then obviously most recently for this flight. So it was, uh, it's interesting getting back on the plane, going to the airport. The Dallas airport is super busy, by the way. So um, interesting experience there. I took in a lot of barbecue, a bunch of different uh, great cocktail bars and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Coming back, my flight, as people can imagine, got delayed. All right, I'm sitting down, no. supposed to leave at 5.30. I ended up not getting home because the flight is only like two and a half hours. I got home at 145. 
uh, in the morning. No. Okay. Okay. So the part that was interesting is the different things they would tell you of why you are not on time. <laughs> one was crew. One was they had a, another plane they were going to be using. And here's the one that got me. And I had to think about this. And obviously, I have to talk to people much smarter than I am who know the travel uh -huh. agency uh -huh. or travel industry, I should say. They told us that the plane we were using was meant to be used to go to Costa Rica and that they had to remove fuel from the plane in order to take off. Not add fuel, remove. That was too heavy? I guess that's the case. I don't know. And then someone brought up the point to me, well, they're probably rationing fuel because of the price of diesel is my guess. Well, that's, yeah, that's. So they had to take. Take the uh, take the fuel out so we can we can make it to clean. So okay, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, just one other quick thing. Took a quick trip, not a quick trip, obviously, but went to Severance Hall for a Halloween concert, which I highly recommend. This is something that I believe the Cleveland Orchestra does every year. Yep. All of the people in the orchestra dress up in some sort of costume. It is <laughs> pretty funny. I think you and your kids would really enjoy it, Ted. I think you should check that out at some point in time. It well, lasted an hour. They played all these different songs like Harry Potter and a couple other things. It was very well done. I enjoyed it a lot. And then after that, went to the Jolly Scholar, which is on the Case Western Reserve University campus. They have a, a brewery there. Actually, Aaron Wirtz, who we talked to at one point in time, Early in our podcast career here, he was uh, actually in charge of all that. So um, check that out. It was awesome. I highly recommend it. And then we went to Pacific East. I know a place that you know probably pretty yes. well. Yeah. Spent some time there. Very good. They remodeled in there. It's been a little while since I've been in there. They remodeled, and the food, of course, was was just outstanding. So. Did you get Did you get the boat? No, we didn't get the boat because the only people I had some sushi. My son is not a fan of sushi, but uh -huh. my daughter is. And it was just the four of us. But we okay. have gotten the boat before. And it, I think that seems like it could feed like 85 people. Yes. Yes. It's so good. But yeah, that was our out and about. I turn it to you, sir. <laughs> what, well, what uh, updates do we have on out and about? We uh, we went to a couple monsters games. Wow. You guys are big on the monsters. We That's are big really on the monsters. Yeah. They do a cool. nice job. And uh, they have the... I don't remember if it's Fridays or Saturdays, the two, three, four. Uh, what is it? Uh, oh, yeah. A hot yeah, dog yeah. is two bucks. Uh, popcorn is three and a beer is four or something, something like that. I don't remember. Uh, but that's always nice. And, uh, you know, the food's pretty good. So uh, we had some fun there. It's how, are the team, how is the team doing? I have not followed the monsters. I've they're been, at 500. Uh, they're at 500. 500? Okay. Yeah, they're 500. Uh, cool. The two games we've been to, they've won. Nice. Uh, so that's exciting. And uh, it's just interesting to watch, see how the different kids, how they watch the game. You know, I got my middle son who's just focused on the game. I got my oldest son who's, we had uh, my niece with us. And so he's hamming it up with her. And then my youngest son was kind of into the game, kind of hamming it up with her. And then by the third period, he was just kind of all over the place and bored and wanted a book to read. So... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> got the good mix. There's yes. a game there. I want a book. Uh, yeah, but we paid for these seats. Yeah, can I have something to draw with, please? Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my out and about. It's usually cool. at this time of year involves about 90 feet of uh, sheet ice. Yep, a lot of hockey. But uh, you know what? 
it's enjoyable and enjoy that time it goes fast ted we're out and about and we're loving it Ted, overachiever time. We moved to Iowa. An Iowa man is now the fastest clapper in the world. I'm going to repeat that for you. The fastest clapper in the world. 20-year-old Dalton Meyer broke a Guinness World Record by clapping his hands 1,140 times in one minute. Oh, I think I think we have the audio here. Let's. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah. I'm rolling. All right, you ready? Yep. All right. Go. Okay. That's what? <laughs> That's uh, yeah. Wow. He does that for a minute. I don't know that we need to hear the entire sixty seconds of that. I think that's. <laughs> that is now here's i i i, I congratulations oh. that's wonderful oh, Glad you did that. it's a yeah. heck of an honor how do you count how many times the guy claps i don't know i mean it's got to be a manual counter and somebody's just hitting a button there i, I don't know i mean what do you do you slow it down i don't i don't uh now let me. I'm, I got to get out a calculator here real quick. Calculator. Okay, eleven hundred forty divided by yep. sixty. Yes, that's nineteen claps every second. Well, I saw the video. I think it's pretty legit. I mean, you can't even see. You all you see is motion of his hands. You can't yep. necessarily even see his hands. So he's. Yeah. It's like he's in a different dimension or something like. That. I uh, a little different. Well, I know there's. Uh, I guess his interest in speed clapping, I think that's what they call this, mm -hmm. uh, started when he was in elementary school and he saw a YouTube video of a guy doing it. Now, I've watched a lot of videos on YouTube. I've never saw seen a video of clapping or anything like that and thought, that's what I want to do right there. That's, I don't know. I think we'd be good clappers. I don't uh, know. I, I better be a good clapper. Uh, I could be a clop clapper. That's the, yeah. it could be a clap clapper. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Overachiever. Congratulations. That's a slower clap. And now, great moments in a parenting. So, Ken, I'm driving home from hockey practice with my oldest son. That's a surprise. I know. Out of the blue. Now it's November. Out of the blue, he says, Daddy, I don't want to go to summer camp this this year. And I said, Well, you know, we have a little bit of time before we have to figure that out. So, you know, we can maybe we'll find a different camp for you. He says, No, no, no. I don't want to go to any summer camp. We don't want to go to summer camp. We tell you that every year. We just want to stay home and relax. Why can't we do that? And I said, well, for starters, we need to preserve your mother's sanity. And before I get to my second item, he looks at me and he says, um, Daddy, that ship's already sailed. This has been great moments 
in parenting. <laughs> Well, Ted, the gentleman we have with us today is someone we've tried to have on for probably the past couple of weeks. And we'll just say he was under the weather. Okay. Yeah. He was under the weather. He's probably a part of the reason we're doing this podcast from our time. I was going to say, all the blame goes to him, right? Yes, correct. He kind of got the. Obviously, our, our techniques and, and the fine skills that you hear came from this gentleman. I'd like to introduce Jay Pappas, who actually is the voice of two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Jay, That's thanks for joining us. Big voice, hey, Jay. Yeah, cue, cue the uh, audience applause. Every <laughs> time. Thank you. Ted, get that, get that sound. Oh, edit that in. Sound effect in. Thank you. Thank you. That's okay now. You, please, that's enough applause. Yes, Thank right. You. Oh, they don't want to stop. Wow. You know, I, I see you guys have uh, built this podcast as, as a comedy one, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, well, yes. I think it uh, depends on your interpretation. Have you been sued for false advertising yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, because they know there's no money behind it. So yeah, that's yeah, it. That's it. Said no. yeah. well, it's, it's great to be with you two guys. Um, We've known each other a long time, and I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I guess we go back to the '80s, early '90s. Uh, yeah, well, 90s, for me, yeah, it would have been yeah. uh, early '90s. Okay. Yeah, uh, I arrived at Ashland in 90-91. Ashland oh, University. Ashland University. University. Yes. For, for those listening out of state and out of the country. That's right. That's right. Both of them. That would be in Ohio, by the way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Um, down in Amish country. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> so where the road apples thrive. <laughs> so this is gonna be good. I remember uh, you know, shortly after we started this, we were like, we we need we we need we need an announcer. We gotta have somebody. We're like, well, we have the three thousand watt voice of Ashley University, we just gotta call them. So so I spoke to you and you said, absolutely happy to help, blah, 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 blah. So I'm just curious. We just passed our hundredth episode. Did you, uh, are you surprised that uh, we still uh, are still uh, uh, <clears throat> producing these? No, I, uh, I, I got, I actually got communication from your three listeners. Oh. And- <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're talking to two of them. So. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that would count me in too. So I was going to say, I, I you clearly haven't been talking to Erica because I don't think she knows what episode we're on. In, in all seriousness, not at all. And uh, <laughs> just just to clear up, as we sit here and joke, um, Ted and Ken were uh, really two outstanding radio television students of mine. I would have taken a dozen of these guys and uh, you were the backbone during your time there uh, of the department uh, could out always count on you uh, could always count on you to talk me into things that I would go wait a minute <laughs> but I knew I knew they would always follow through and uh, did an outstanding job and uh, that's why we're talking here today but no I I congratulate you on your uh, hundred shows and i i think you're probably 
dropping 101 this week, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is it. 100. We're starting starting the second uh, century or uh, second hundred. So. So no, I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. And I congratulate you. And uh, it, it's a pleasure and an honor to be on with the both. Wow. Well, thank you. Well, Jay, I have to ask you some questions. So first of all, I have to tell you a quick story. So when I started at Ashland, it was always nice. And when we had, obviously, the studios are much different now at Ashland than they were when we were there. So they had a little lobby area. I think one time it did news and you came by. And my obviously, when I came to visit Ashland, all that stuff, we met a lot of people, but you just meet so many people. And when you're not around them every day, you just you don't remember. So my mother's there watching. And you come by and say hi or something like that and go through and you said, hi, how you doing? Of course, you're always super cordial. After that, my mother goes, I didn't know Larry Morrow was part of your Ash University ah, experience. Yes. And she was serious. I said, well, mom, that's not Larry Morrow. That's that's a guy by the name of Jay Pappas. Oh, you're kidding me. No way. That that could be his brother. So I look and I remember, obviously, for our Cleveland listeners, Larry Morrow was obviously a Longtime radio personality. Absolutely. Uh, and in all honesty, if you take your picture, Jay, and Larry Morrow's, it, it, you guys are doppelgaggers. There's no doubt about it. So I, I had to tell you that story. Did, did you ever have any connections with Larry Morrow that you guys could get together and take a picture? Did you guys ever do that? Uh, Larry and I have spoken on the phone, never have met in person. <laughs> uh, somebody had said to me when I was in college, actually, uh, you look like Larry Morrow, who's on air. I think at that time it was Wixie, W W I twelve sixty. Yeah, and yep. uh, there was some promotional picture of Larry uh, behind a control board, and he was kind of turned sideways and smiling. It was a promotional shot. So I actually had somebody take the exact same pose, and I sent it. <laughs> I sent it to Larry, and I said, "I get mistaken for you. We've never met." And subsequently, down the line, when he was at, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the, the station, because he was WDOK, at WDOK. WDOK. Well, it was, yeah. uh, at that time, they were billing themselves as Big 104, I think. Uh, WQAL. QAL, yes. QAL, okay. Yeah. He was on with uh, Sally Spitz as a partner, morning show. And uh, it was during that time that... Um, I won't get into the subject matter, but uh, we actually talked on the phone. And he had, as I remember, there was a place called Morrow's Nuthouse in Atlantic City, <laughs> the Atlantic City uh, area of New Jersey, where I came from. And I said, do you have relatives there? And he said, oh, yeah, absolutely. So there was some connection to Morrow's Nuthouse. They sold all kinds of roasted nuts and those kinds of things. But uh, we, we talked about radio and, and, and uh, yeah. Well, it's a compliment because Larry, Larry uh, has a, yeah, I mean, he's a legend in the uh, in the radio markets of Cleveland. And he was at CKLW oh, yeah. uh, in Detroit early on, Wixie, and several stations in Cleveland. And, the, and he also hosted, uh, he used to fill in every once in a while back when Channel 5 uh, had the morning exchange. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. I do remember. Which I worked on actually. I I was I worked on that show early on when I was in college. I did an internship at Channel Five, 
and uh, which which was a fabulous experience. And that was back when John Hambrick, for those that remember John, he was anchoring oh, yeah. at the time. Uh, Fred Griffith had just taken over uh, as host of the morning exchange, and I came on as a, a student intern. And uh, Don Webster, who's now gone, uh, was a co-host and doing weather. Liz Richards, uh, she was on. I was there the first day she was hired, and uh, she was on the morning exchange, and then she did the uh, noon weather. But anyway, I'm getting I'm getting off the subject, but uh, uh, yeah, that's a compliment. Never knew that story. Thanks for telling I, me. Of course, I, uh, that was pretty good. I'm just surprised. I didn't know there was television when you were a student. I thought you were in radio because there was only radio back then. Here that's we true. go. But, uh, <laughs> hey, listen. I'm I'm old enough to remember as a kid when television uh, wasn't on all the time and would come on in the afternoons and you had the picture, the test pattern of an indigenous uh, person. Yep. Yep. And uh, we'd come on in the afternoon. And one of the first shows we would watch was American Bandstand, which at that time came out of Philadelphia and I grew up at the Jersey shore, which was like 35 minutes away. And it, it came out of, uh, uh, WFIL TV, which is now WPVI in Philadelphia. Dick Clark did that show live. And then it was, um, on ABC. It, it went nationally. Wow. And then eventually he, he moved on. And my sister actually danced on that show once. And oh, I, I knew, I knew a couple of people that, so, were regulars uh, on that show. One of them who ended up being a program director at a competition station in Atlantic City where I started off uh, working at oh. radio. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I, I, re I remember that. Well, uh, I'm curious if you recall uh, this story. So when I was a student, I think it was the first two years I was there, we were 89 Rock. And yep. then it was right when uh, digital um, readouts were becoming the, the popular thing. And so we were actually 88.9. And so we decided, well, we should, some, someone decided, now I don't know if it was you or who it was, that we should rebrand re or associate the radio station more with the school or whatever. And we became 88.9 FM, The Eagle. And I had this great idea that I wanted to do on the morning show. <clears throat> and uh, it, it got vetoed somewhere along the way. I uh, I wanted to have a liner that said, if your friends ask you what radio station you listen to, flip them the bird. And that that didn't make it on the air. And I'm just curious now, you know, a few years later, a few years removed, if... Uh, uh, what your thought is, or or maybe was at the time? I I thought that would be a, a good bit of marketing. I I truly don't. I can't say I remember that. <clears throat> I can't say that I remember vetoing it. But uh, obviously, a lot has changed. <laughs> the early nineties until yeah yeah. yeah that's uh, yeah probably thanks, thanks in part to Howard Stern. Well, yes, that's true. So, yes, yes. But, um, yeah, things were things were a lot tamer back then. Uh, when I when I started in the business, and and I actually started, 
I was trying to think exactly when. I, I think it was the uh, summer of 1969. I started at a radio station in the Atlantic City market. I did summers there leading into my junior year. <clears throat> By the end of the summer, they had offered me the program director's job on their FM, which the call letters were WMGM. Great call letters. They, oh. they took them. It used to be uh, WMGM used to be a radio station in New York. And they dropped the call letters and we picked the call letters up because, you know, MGM obviously yeah. sounds famous. Yeah. And we picked it up. So they said, and at that time we were underground rock and uh, which, you know, was kind of the precursor to uh, album oriented rock and, and that type of thing. But uh, I said, you know, nice compliment. I appreciate it, but I, I want to finish my college education. So uh, eventually, I, I ended up going full time uh, with them, and I forget where the story was leading to, but that was my first uh, <laughs> first radio job. But uh, yeah, things have changed uh, dramatically since since those years. You no know, I, I I I I just before I know Ken has another question. I just I'm reminded of some a great observation my father made to me once. He said uh, there are two signs of senility. And forgetfulness is one, and I don't remember the other. <laughs> yeah, refresh refresh my memory. You guys are who? <laughs> uh, Larry Curley and Mo. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, right. Jay, you've interviewed a lot of different people in your life. I, I know certainly with the, through the TV station, the radio station, obviously working professionally. I guess one of my last questions for you, it's always interesting to listen to your stories and, and to hear those different things. Who was the most interesting person that you did an interview with on air? Mm. I know that's a tough one, but I, yeah. I figured you're, you're going to have a good one. <clears throat> you know, a lot of them ended up being in, and I was not part of the country music scene, never worked for a country music station, but um uh, at Ashland University, having a television station there, radio station, <clears throat> they would book a lot of uh, country acts in at the local fair. And Ted knows a lot about this because I know one of his famous uh, interviews <laughs> was with, with a rabbit. Yes. That's, that's a whole other story. We'll that's, uh, yeah. You know, I, I've got to say, and, and she just recently passed away, mm, yeah. uh, was Loretta Lynn. Oh, wow. She was absolutely the most gracious, humble, talented individual. And I had the honor of sitting in her tour bus and taping about a half hour's worth of video with her. And she, you know, she was, you know, big time at that time. And she has been since then. And she was in negotiation at the time with, uh, a coal miner's daughter movie being uh, figured out. And uh, at the end of the interview, she said to me, I enjoyed this. This was wonderful. Um, I just got one of these new home video setups. Oh my gosh. VCRs were just starting. She said, would you send me a tape of this interview? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You want, awesome. you want a copy of this? <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, I, I guess I'd have to say Loretta Lynn. 
Uh, the, the one, although I, I didn't interview him, but I uh, anchored uh, a television coverage of a speech uh, and dinner when President Reagan uh, came. And we televised that on Channel 2 in, in Ashland. And uh, sitting in the same room right across the way, you know, from the President of the United States was uh, kind of a jaw-dropping uh, situation. I would say that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So, you know, cool. there's, there's been some other people, but um, you know, Loretta is really the first one to come to mind. And I think, you know, because she was such a talented lady, but uh, so humble and so sweet. And, 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 you know, to talk to, talk to me at that, that point was uh, pretty cool. That is cool. So uh, Ken, uh, I, I think we're out of questions. You got anything you want big voice Jay to, Give us the big voice on before we, uh, before we, oh, something maybe with the hundredth episode or something. Oh yeah. Like that. that would be great. Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> listen to him. He's cleared his throat. He's getting it ready. He's, he's okay. Well, we'll stay out of the way. Thank you. Thank you. Big voice Jay. And uh, thank you for your kind words and your, uh, your, your help and guidance over the years. And, uh, uh, I'm very, I'll tell you what, in all seriousness, I'm extremely proud of you guys. Uh, I cherish the fact that I call you friends, although you were students first, but, uh, we've, we've stayed in touch, uh, through the years. Uh, I, um, I still have pictures of, uh, of Ted at his wedding. Uh, this, this was at the reception at the, at the, at the German American club. Uh, yes. yes. He, he was dressed in lederhosen, uh, no, no shirt on and was, uh, standing on the bar singing german tunes it was That's, it was quite a, you know so i i feel this closeness uh yes and, and ken you too <laughs> I, I, I have pictures but i'll only share them with ted and i'll go no further thank I you appreciate oh that. boy thank okay you. all right but congratulations to you two guys two middle-aged men in cleveland with that 100th episode and I'm looking forward to the day when you get old enough, and it's coming, where you'll change the name to Two Old Geezers Under a Bridge in the Cleveland Flats. <laughs> I hope I live long enough to see that. <laughs> oh I, love my God. I love you guys. I really do. And I wish you all the best. And congratulations again. And uh, haven't seen you for a long time, other than to talk to you, you know, on Zoom and uh, communicate otherwise. But uh, sometime we need to get together. Absolutely. And, and, yes, uh, we do. That that would be terrific. And I'm, I'm, I, I wish you all the best. Continued success. Ted, of course, we have some good news for you. Thank goodness. Congratulations to a lottery winner in China. <laughs> Okay. The man identified only as Lee. Just Lee. 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 Okay. Only Lee. Kind of like okay. Prince, but just Lee. All right. Won more than $30 million. Congrats, Lee. Well done. Yeah, Lee. Way to go, Lee. Now, the newsworthy part of this is the winner showed up to collect his winnings wearing a bright yellow cartoon mascot costume. <laughs> this is outstanding. He said he wanted to keep his jackpot a secret from his family. He says oh. he's concerned that they might feel superior to others and won't 
want to work or study hard in the future. Oh. He has donated some of the winnings, but does not yet have plans for the rest of the money. Mm -hmm. What costume did he wear? Big Bird? I don't know. (laughs) Congratulations, uh, you are the winner. He's got to hide his voice as well, wearing a Big Bird costume. That's my guess. That's what I'm envisioning when I read. Well, what I want to know is how long does he think he can hold this ruse by the way there's uh yeah how oh, long does he is. think he can hold this uh this <laughs> you want to no, describe for the i mean this is a picture it's uh, like tweety he looks like tweety bird that's yeah. what he looks like yep oh my. i don't know but so so how do you expect to uh keep this from your family how long do you think you can keep that ruse going well that's a great question i don't know i mean just Come home during the day and pretend nothing's happening. I mean, won't they notice you're not working anymore? Uh, I mean, well, I can't imagine you're still working unless he's just. Well, he wants everybody and... to work hard, so maybe we're yeah. not retiring. I don't know. And then during the day, he says he's going to work. He's just hanging out at the library or something like that. Maybe that's uh, what he's doing. Now, if he doesn't retire, then why the heck did he play the lottery to begin with? Well, that's a great question. Yeah. Maybe right. just likes money, wants to give it away. Well, yeah. congrats to Lee. He's uh, not going to identify himself because he doesn't want his family. To do anything different, he wants them to work hard. God bless him. Thanks, Lee. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. Here it is, Ken. News you need. Famous piece of art created in 1941 by Dutch artist Piet Mondrian. I'm sure that's not how you say it, but nonetheless, the piece of art features bright tape lines of red, yellow, black, and blue. It's been on display in Germany since 1980, but now an art historian has discovered that the work called New York City Eye has been hanging upside down for the last 75 years. A photo uh, from the from 1944 uh, verifies this by showing the uh, New York City Eye sitting the opposite way. There are, however, no plans to change the way it's currently displayed. Quote, the adhesive tapes are already extremely loose and hanging by a thread. Art historian and German museum curator Suzanne Meyer-Buser said... If you were to turn it right side up now, gravity would pull it in a different direction. And besides, now it's part of the work's history. Gosh, I'm we'll just leave it wrong. Yeah, might as well. Upside it's been wrong forever. Good. Why change it? Keep it right. wrong. Yep. Just, it's been good for 75 years. Keep it up. Really wrong. A London School of Economics professor has created a complex formula which finds that the tap water we are now drinking is the same water dinosaurs urinated millions of years ago. Of course you have this story. Yes. Of course you do. Yep. <laughs> he goes further and says that uh, our current tap water has been drunk and excreted. And by the way, anytime you can use the word excreted in a story, it's automatically it. better. Uh, excreted 10 to 25 times. Boy, big voice Jay's got to be proud of them, proud of us right now. Excreted 10 to 25 times before it gets to us. 
Author Paul Fritters advises the UK government on public health policy and admits that some of the variables in this formula are guesstimates. He did reassure readers saying uh, that only one two millionth of the atoms in the average water molecule have been passed through another human. But we can have all the dinosaur molecules. All the want. dinosaur molecules, all the dinosaur urine, and any wow. other uh, dinosaur sweat. I don't know. <laughs> Do you ever see hear yourself making different noises you didn't really think you could? Is, is there uh, a reason for that? Because only we have some dinosaur yeah. in us? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. A Maryland family ordered a prop casket for a Halloween party. They received the casket and then discovered some other items in the casket. These items included the apparent ashes of a dead woman, <laughs> identified as Edith Cruz, who was 74 when she passed in January. Other items included Cruz's photograph, her death certificate, which included her social security number, and the George Washington University Hospital bracelet she wore. Cruz's family apparently rented the casket for her services, and she was cremated afterward. Her belongings uh, and, uh, <clears throat> I guess, her remains, what's left to her, has been returned to her family. I've heard of this. Yeah. It sounds like the uh, the funeral home is, I'll just leave it at this, lacking. I mean, we get a little lazy, uh, I guess. They're doing a killer job. <laughs> there it was. In sports, here's our scoreboard, 28 to 14, 31 to 17, 23 to 10, and 26 to 23. I'm Ted Klopp, and that's news to me. Cleveland! This is for you! Time for another This Week in Cleveland Sports History. And we're definitely going to need someone that knows history as we're going to talk about the 1951 Cleveland Browns who played a game against the Chicago Bears. And I'll be honest with you, not a very famous time for the Browns. They were penalized a record 209 yards in a game. We're going to bring on the gentleman that probably could give us the best answer of what happened in that contest. Dusty Sloan and Dusty from this game, <laughs> 209 yards of penalties against the Bears. What can you tell us about that? There's an awful lot to look at statistically in this game. The, fir the first thing that's most important is the Browns beat the Bears 42-21 that day, despite having 21 penalties for 209 yards. But the whole thing was just so wild. When you look at these statistics, the Bears had 16 penalties for 165 yards. Oh my so there God. was just no shortage of flags on the field that day. But the, but the Browns ran up 550 yards of offense and really took it to the Monsters of the Midway, probably before they were even called that. But big day for Otto Graham, 12 of 19, 277, and two touchdowns. Dub Jones ran for 116 yards and four touchdowns and caught 80 passes for another two touchdowns. So really, the story of that game is, is Dub Jones scoring six touchdowns. But then you look at the penalties and wonder how in the world that ever happened. My gosh. What... Do you have any stats on this? How many yards were in that game? I mean, if you had almost 500, almost, yeah, almost 400 yards of penalties, what kind of yardage did, you, did the two teams have? Do they? Ha do you have those stats? Well, the, the, 
Yeah, the Browns had 550 and the Bears had 256. So you had over 800 yards of offense back in 1951, where that wasn't really commonplace. And the and the Browns turned the ball over four times on top of having 21 yards or 21 penalties, but they doubled up the Bears and just beat them around. And it was in Soldier Field. Doesn't matter where it was. Paul Brown beats George Howells despite having 21 penalties and four turnovers. Who are some of the notable Bears on that team, Dusty? Obviously, George Hallis, but is there any 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 Bears on that team that people would know the names of that played out? Well, like, just off the game? top of my head here, looking at the box score, the one that kind of stands out to me is Johnny Lujak, the okay. quarterback for the Bears. People have heard that name. But that was really kind of before the Bears really got into the Gale Sayers, the Dick Butkus, you know, the – the, the names that you remember back in the 50s. Obviously, the Bears were really good because they were they were one of the founding fathers of the NFL in 1920. But back then, let's see, they were well, they were six and three after that game, so they were pretty good. They were seven and five in 1951, not up to George Hallis's standards, obviously. But they had some assistant coaches that diehard football fans would remember. Clark Shaughnessy was a defensive assistant. People heard that name. Patty Driscoll was an assistant, but it didn't really look like the Bears back then had those household names that you would obviously know. Well, and they all oh, here's one I just found. George Blanda was on that team. Oh my gosh, really? Oh well, my gosh. Before he started uh, slinging the ball around for the Houston Oilers and then the uh, Oakland Raiders and the AFL in the 60s. That was a long time before that. So, and did yeah, he very bl- interesting uh, set of circumstances there. Didn't Blanda play till like he was 40, correct? Didn't he? Oh, it's like 48. 48, okay. Gotcha. He, he was directing comebacks for the Raiders with his arm well into his 40s. That's what I thought. Wow, that's crazy. Well, great memories, Dusty, from a, a game in which the Cleveland Browns won or penalized 209 yards against the Bears back in 1951 in November. Dusty, as always, thanks for the information. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. Cleveland! This is for you! Ted, misspeak of the week time. Yep. Well, the midterm elections were yesterday. And in the lead up, I can't believe he's on the misspeak of the week. President Joe Biden. Who would have guessed? Made several campaign stops, including one at the Pennsylvania Democratic Party reception, where he touted his party's success in protecting the Affordable Care Act from being dismantled during former President Donald Trump's term. This is how... He said Democrats were able to do so. And by the way, if they do, that means not a joke, everybody. That's why we were defeated in 2018 when they tried to do it. We went to 54 states. <laughs> Did we get what? 40 states? We must have. Did we add some others we didn't know about? Puerto Rico is now uh, a state, and yep. uh, along with uh, confusion. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, once again. President Biden, thank you so much for another misspeak of the week. Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Time for one of our favorite segments it is the weather forecaster, the official weather forecaster of two middle-aged men in Cleveland. We bring in Scott Sable. Scott, 
little while since we've talked to you. How are things? Anything exciting happening at Fox Saint? Do you have any any big things? I know you've had some new people working there and stuff. It's any any other exciting things going on at the station? It's been actually abnormally quiet the last couple of weeks. I think mainly because you got you got you got a Friday night touchdown, you got high school football, you got people taking vacations. You know, then you hit into November and you kind of, you know, it's a rating period. So everyone's kind of locked down. And I think you'll start to see things picking up in November. But no, I mean, we got a lot of new people at the station. Um, which is great, um, you know, getting to know everybody almost all over again, too, especially with COVID now that, I mean, it's yeah. been a year, but, you know, it's it, it's it's great. But we got the, uh, oh, we got the Turkey Bowl coming up, which oh. is what we do each and every Thanksgiving day, where we take uh, frozen turkeys and bowl them down a bowling alley, and we knock over cans of uh, cranberry sauce, and and uh, and everything is donated. So that's, I think this year will be like the 2020th, maybe 20. No, it's gotta be longer than like 23rd, 24th Turkey Bowl, something like that. So uh, that'll be fun. That'll be really, really fun. If you go on YouTube, you'll find the old ones uh, where we had Ed Begley Jr. Remember Ed Begley Jr. Actor. He showed up to our Turkey Bowl once years ago. Rode his bike right into the store. We're like, Ed Begley Jr. is here. I'll be darned. That's really cool. That's really cool. Macho Man, I think might show up this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Will you dress up as Macho Man? I, I did. That. Well, I did. Yeah. So he, he might make an appearance. That. Yeah. Yeah. I got it right is over that, here in the closet behind me. If you need to wear is, it. Is that what your Halloween costume was? Uh, three years ago. I Yeah. My kids go, you're not going to do it. You never dress up. I go, oh, yeah. So I did. And I did the whole, oh, yeah. And I even kind of took baby oil in my face to make it look like I was like all sweaty and just all like jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. The whole nine yards. That's okay. Cool. I, I usually wear half of it cutting the grass, but that's a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Oh my! Well, <laughs> Ted, should we spin the wheel? What do you, what do you think? Should we do that? Do a little forecast yeah. roulette with Scott? Do you sure. want to spin the wheel this time? Oh, I mean, I'll, spin, I'll spin the wheel here. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. I don't know why I'm clearing my throat. I don't know why you're already there. That's right, fine. Yeah. Okay. You're nice. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. There it comes. Whoa! Big muscles. Yeah. You been working out? Go get yourself a coffee and a. Do I don't know. Slowing down here. Okay. All right. I'm looking at it. Wow. Another one from the States. Bridgeport, okay. Connecticut. Scott, can you tell uh, us anything about Bridgeport, Connecticut and what we're going to see forecast? Bridgeport, Connecticut. I know I drove through that a couple of times visiting my buddy who uh, lives up at Cape Cod. Um, let's see here. Bridgeport, Connecticut. That big, isn't there a major league baseball player that's from Bridgeport, Connecticut that used to play for the Indians? I think I rem- so. I remember somebody from, from, from New England. I mean, I know there's been a bunch of them, but I want to say hmm, pitcher from the 90s. Not Chad maybe OJ. Uh, maybe maybe uh, Ted would know. He looks like Earl Hershiser. Would you know who pitched yeah. for, who was from Bridgeport, Connecticut? Yeah, it was uh, 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 Tony Catan's uh, husband, uh, Chuck Finley. No. 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 It Charles was, Nagy. Uh, no, it was, it was, it was, I was going to say that. Charles Nagy. Yeah, that's who I was going to say. That was going to be the next one. I don't know why. Jack McDowell. Was young. that going to be your next one? Jack McDowell. Yeah, sure. Him too. Oh. Well, Scott. Yes, sir. With Charles Nagy being from Bridgeport, Connecticut, first of all, what 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 are we looking at forecast wise over there? Bridgeport, they've had a lot of rain recently. They had a lot of rain from Hurricane Ian a couple weeks back. Um, looks like temperatures there generally in the fifties. You know, okay. fall colors right at peak. 
Um, so yeah, the weather there, probably some showers this week early and then starting to clear up by the end of the week. Again, highs in the fifties. So not bad. Could be better, could be worse, but nice and cool to finish out the month. Charles, Neg- heard- oh, I'm sorry, Ted, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I heard that the most popular type of beef served there is ground chuck. Is that true? You get no I'm reply. Here all week. Nothing. Here all week. You're getting the Phil Collins answer right now. Silence, Silence is gold, baby. Absolutely nothing. Well, Scott, <laughs> I know obviously with your podcast, the Sable Brothers, um, you have had the opportunity to talk to Charles Nagy. Have you not? He was part of one of your episodes. Yeah, it was maybe about a month, month and a half ago or so. Um, uh, you know, it was right at the end of the season. And um, we were trying to get, they had like, a, it was like alumni weekend. I forget what it was. And um <clears throat> had a chance to talk to him you know he's kind of a low-key guy you know he's not a guy who's uh who's going really excitable which is great because you know he's he's low-key but he's really insightful and so he was able to give us a lot of great stories about those teams from the 90s um you know he kind of started off talking about because when he came to the indians when he was coming up he actually pitched some games at the old place if i remember correctly yeah. at the old stadium so it was neat to get insight from him pitching at the old place. And then he was talking about coming to the new stadium, you know, Jacobs Field at the time. He's like, this is like the Taj Mahal with the old place was, you know, was was kind of a dump, even though I loved it. Um, yeah. So he, he, same. <laughs> but he, he, he was a great guy to talk to. I mean, you know, but again, low key guy, but a guy with a lot of great stories and spent, again, a lot of time with us. So looking forward to more stories similar to you know similar to what he was able to say with uh, with other team other players from the 90s hopefully we can get some more guys on i think he and bob feller i think he was the representative from that 93 team chosen to throw a ceremonial first pitch groundbreaking with bob feller when they broke ground on the which i probably 1992 but wasn't he did he do that does that sound right I want to say it was him. Wasn't Mel Mel Harder there too? Yes. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I think it was three of them. Bob Feller, Mel Harder, and uh, Chuck Nagy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think you're exactly. And there's pictures of that too online. I think uh, oh, yeah. Bobby, D- Bobby DiBiasio, I think, has tweeted those out before. Yeah. But that's what how, how would you like to be Charles Nagy? You're, you're, you're playing for this team that hasn't had success in a long time. You're chosen to be the representative from the current team, and you get to throw out the first pitch uh, ceremonial for the groundbreaking with Mel Harder and Bob Feller. Holy cow. I mean, yeah. You wouldn't want to bounce one of those. No. (laughs) You're not bouncing it in. No. You don't know. what Bob Feller would say to him if if that happens? I can't even. I can't even. Well, I can, but I I can't. We can't imagine. That's right. Yes, it's a it's a it's a PG it's a it's a it's a kid friendly show. Kid friendly. Yes. we try to be at least. We right. Try to be. Well, Scott, Bridgeport, Connecticut. What's our forecast again? Yeah, they they're going to start to uh, clear out. They've had a lot of rain there. Hurricane Ian a couple weeks ago, um, and it looks like temperatures there in the fifties, well, mid fifties or so. Yeah, not bad. That'd be nice. Wonderful, Ted. Anything else? We're good. I think we're great. Okay. Well, I think that all the time, but particularly right now. Well, Scott, thank you for spending more time with us. I know this is uh, certainly uh, agonizing at times dealing with the two of us, but we appreciate your time. And uh, well, It is. I mean, I usually keep some of this chloroseptic right here because my throat usually gets sore talking to you guys and usually have some yeah. tums. But but beyond that, I mean, everything is fantastic. 
I just took some acetaminophen, so we're good. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Scott, thank you. We appreciate it. You got it. Talk to you guys later. Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Not a dad joke. Ken, how many paranoid people does it take to change a light bulb? No idea. Well, who wants to know? That joke was horrible. Coming to the end of episode 101. Are we, are we, do we have to stop the, uh, the number gimmick? Uh, that we used to do, or well, I mean, uh, we, we could go. Start we again. could start with one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't start. Plan. Start I with one. We'll, job. Uh, we, we have to uh, go back and uh, work on that another time. Yeah, my research was poor this week. I apologize. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. I need to focus. All right. Well, uh, we're coming to the end of the episode. Thanks to our uh, big voice Jay. Always great to catch up with him. And uh, do you know? Do you know he has the uh, record? or the trophy for the greatest fair animal noise at the Ashland County Fair. I did not know this. Oh yeah, he did a uh, he did a, a bunny noise which I will now recreate. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here's the bunny noise. <laughs> bunny every time. Every time. Oh my gosh. That joke was good in 1991, and here we are in 2022, baby. Ageless. Uh, it is an ageless uh, yeah. joke. Yep. Ageless joke. Well, Ted, I'm going to leave you with this. I did some small research. I'll take one minute here. Yep. 15 thing. I found this. 15 things you'll hear Clevelanders say. We're not going to get to 15. Mm. We're going to do five. Five. Okay. okay. I thought these, these five were pretty good. So the first one, in Cleveland, we say tree lawn. Yeah. They don't say that everywhere else. Oh, what do they say? Devil's strip. De Devil's strip. That's what they say in Akron. Devil's strip. Okay. It's a, obviously that we're talking about the tree lawn. It refers to the strip of grass between the sidewalk and the street. I, yeah. I call that tree lawn. I'm not sure. I don't know what, I, why, what's the significance of devil's strip. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good okay. question. We have to All do right. more research. Okay. Calling a drink pop, not soda. That's that's certainly a, a that's a Cleveland thing. I would agree. Okay. Being able to pronounce Cuyahoga. Most people can't do that. Yeah. Cuyahoga. Outside of the area. Right. Along with Bedina or Geauga. They can't do that. either. This one was tops for me. When you explain where you live, mm -hmm. I'm 20 minutes from here. Everything's 20 minutes. <laughs> Everything's 20 minutes away, which yeah. is so true. And then the last one, it's the rapid, not the light rail. I guess they call that oh. in other areas of light rail. We call it the rapid. I'm I'm surprised they didn't have. Why is that water burning? <laughs> I figured that would have been. On we're there. getting away. I think we're getting away from that. Are one. we getting okay? Yeah. And then the one. Okay, last one. Okay. Stadium or ballpark mustard. Oh, not many well, people have separations with their mustard. We do here in Cleveland. That's a big deal. Are you saying Stadium mustard or ball or, or uh, yellow see. mustard? We, okay. we yeah, that's yeah. A big deal. Well, you got to go with stadium mustard. Have to. From Bird there's Mason, no other way. The best. From, that's the best. Absolutely. 
Well, what do we have uh, on tap for this week for you? Uh, any uh, any known oh. out about plans? Yeah, meeting with a uh, high school friend this week. I have an Ashton University Alumni Association meeting. They've asked me to do more talking tos to some of these alums, or not alums, but prospective students. Uh-huh. I, I'm going to start keeping a chart. I'm going to find out if these students decide to come to Ashton or not. I think you should. I'm in trouble. And I, I think, think we should, uh, down the road, maybe we could have one on that chose uh, not to and ask him <laughs> if your uh, talk had anything to do with the decision. That's a great call. It would be easy for us to do that. I could just pop you in the, the Zoom yes. call. You just yes. pop in. Who is this? Oh, it's another Ashton alum. We're going to ask you yes. questions. Yes, we have some questions we need to ask right here. Oh, right? my gosh. Here we go. No, just, just normal stuff running around with uh, the little ones. The cross-country season's finished and our soccer's done and just moving forward. I, I'm not even going to ask you what you have. I have already an idea, and it involves hockey. It does involve hockey. Yes, it does. I have a, a question for you. Yeah, uh, no. As we look, as we finish up uh, episode 101 here, does your wife have any idea how many episodes of this we've done? To be perfectly honest with you, no. Yeah. When we first started this, we took a trip to North Carolina where we like to take a little vacation a couple yeah. times a year. And we listened to all the podcasts. And I think at the time there was 20 that we completed. Okay. I don't know if she has listened to any podcast. Since then. <laughs> I'm going to well, be honest. Yeah. That's, that's 20 more than my wife has listened to. I think <laughs> it just, you know, it's, well, we're maybe they're we're not their demographic, you know, two well, middle-aged men. That's where we're we're gearing towards. Let's so. let's be fair. They hear these jokes all day, every day. Why do they listen? Oh, this is the same to podcast to do it. They live a podcast with that's us. That's right. They live that's it. it. They yes. don't need to listen to it. They live it every day. And I know that's they it. love it. You got they it. Know. You got it. Ted, thanks again. Great, great times. Great to catch up with Jay. Such a wonderful man. And I know that's somebody that you and I have looked up to for very long time. That guy is sharp, man. Let me just tell you, he is he is sharp, and he's got uh, the particularly when he's the on board. a ladder. I uh, I always look up to him, man. <laughs> Dusty, thanks. Appreciate all. Thanks for the listeners. We'll talk soon. We're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV Custom Audio Visual Packages for all occasions. Coming to the end of, uh, let me try that again. Oh, (laughs) hey.